going down Snapchat. We are about to go live on Minicorp Q&A episode number 20. Everything getting set up? Get on it. Oh, now I need to do the full introduction. Hold on. Welcome to Minicorp Q&A episode number 20. This is a series where we are giving as much information as we possibly can about how we ship products, launch companies, build profitable businesses, and all things around that domain. Um, we really feel that we should be an open and transparent agency, so we're trying to give as much back as we possibly can. We're going to give you all of the learnings that we have learned by doing this ourselves over the last three years. It'll be three years actually in February, and Danielle is going to miss the party. Not if you reschedule the date. You can't reschedule the date. Like, the company was incorporated at a specific time. Okay, so this episode, so first of all, actually, I want to do a little bit of news. We are doing the Minicorp giveaway. This giveaway, we're basically giving away something every week in the month of January. These things that we're giving away are basically meant to be inspirational to help people to build product and companies and so on. Um, the first giveaway that we're doing that is currently in operation is we're giving away these three awesome books. The Tony Shea Zappos, Delivering Happiness, the Sprint book and the Rework book. These are all books that we've used here at Minicorp to build and we love them. If you want to enter to win these books, we're going to pick a winner on Monday. All you got to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you go to YouTube, search for Minicorp, you'll find us straight away. Hit subscribe and leave a comment on episode 18. And then you are in the draw. We're going to pick the winner live on the Minicorp show on Monday. Second piece of news, which is awesome, is we started to, to kind of correlate all of the different products that we've launched over the years. And it turns out that somebody uses a, a product that we have built every 73 seconds. Actually, I think that's quite conservative because the number is fluctuating at the moment, but it's, it's gone down to the 60s. Um, but it's just insane to know that like the stuff that we're building, the, the things that we're putting out into the world, people are using our software every day. And I think that's like, if I was a developer or the person that I am now, that's probably one of the coolest statistics out there to know that people are actually using the shit that I have built. So, let's get into the show. This episode is going to be all around hiring an agency, what you should look for, what it's all about, and so on. Um, I've had a couple of clients or people come to me in the past, and they're kind of, they basically got burned or, or something bad has happened to them. So. This is going to be an episode that's going to be almost like a top tips of what you should look for when hiring an agency and, and what are the flashing red bells to stay away from. Okay, so question number one. What should I be looking for when hiring an agency to build my product? So first thing is you need to find an agency that believes in your product. And I mean intimately believes in the product. The two of you should be discussing and going, my God, we should do this and think about where it could go there and how this could take over the world and so on. If the agency does not believe in the product as much as you do, invariably what's going to happen is when it gets into the grind, as in, you know, you're coding away at 10 o'clock in the evening and you just want to get this thing out the door, they're not going to be in love with the product as much as you are and it's going to become frustrating. They're only going to do it for a paycheck. So because of that, make sure that they love the product as much as you do and you both feel that you're creating something that the world needs to see. Number two is that you have to gel well together. It has to be like this rock solid team where you feel that it's no longer 
hey, Minicorp Limited, my name is James. It's more that, hey, Brian, I'm James, let's grab a beer, and we intimately know each other, and we want to go and build this product together. If you don't get on with the person that's going to build that product, tension is going to happen in that relationship, and that product is not going to have the best chance of life that it deserves. So make sure that you gel well together. Number three on this one is, they got to be willing to put in the work as much as you are. So this is kind of both sides of the table. You have to be willing to put absolutely everything into this to make sure that it works, but also the agency or the people that you're hiring to build a product need to be able to put in that level of work too. If the equilibrium becomes unbalanced, you're going to feel not happy with the agency or the agency is going to feel unhappy with you. So please make sure that um, both yourself and the agency are willing to put in 1 million percent to make sure that the product is going to be successful. Brings us on to question number two. What docs should be provided when starting a project? So honestly, dotting the I's and crossing the T's and making sure that all the documents are in the correct order is worth so much. Here are the documents that you should be looking for, okay? When you're, when you're agreeing to hire an agency or agreeing to hire somebody to build a product, first of all, you need to get your, your timeline and your milestone breakdown from that company. So the company should be able to say, piece by piece, all of the pieces of functionality that's going to be built into the product. And they should be able to give a time estimation against every single piece of those milestones. They should be able to tell you by week two or week four, we will have this ready in a staging environment where you can play or we can demonstrate it to you. Something that's going to show you that progress is happening and I would highly encourage that the, that the actual payment structure is based on those milestones. As in, I will give you another 20% once you get to X milestone and for that negotiation to happen over the initial contract. The second document you should be definitely making sure you get is a functional spec. Functional specs are the most boring thing in the world to do, but they're worth a hell of a lot. A functional spec essentially lists out, on the login screen, you will have two dialogues, one for email address, one for password. There will be a button that clicks login. When you log in, you go to this page. It describes every single piece of functionality but at the same time it ensures that first of all you the client understand exactly what you're getting and what they're going to build and second of all the agency understands exactly what's required from them and what they have to build it is the the basis of the contract and the basis of what the version one of that product should be spend time doing that it will be worth everything third thing is a contract contracts Contracts are probably the rock in the entire operation. So a contract does two things. It tells the client exactly what to expect and it tells the agency exactly what they have to deliver and the terms based around that. For instance, what you are creating has value. It has value in its intellectual property, it has value as a product and what potential consumers may use this in the market and because of that there needs to be clear defined elements within the contract that say once we have paid you in full all IP knowledge and transfer of ownership is passed to the client and the agency no longer owns that IP because we have paid you in full for that product etc. Um, 
Okay, so that's pretty much it. They're, they're the high-level documents that I would expect to see whenever I would hire an agency or whenever I'd expect to, to get on board. Question number three. How should I validate an agency? Okay, so you're feeling pretty good. You found an amazing agency. You gel well together. The contracts all look pretty hot and so on. How do I know that this agency and relationship is going to go very well? So first of all, you need what I would call hot references and cold references. Hot references are the references that the agency give you. They turn around and say, here is three or four or five or six different contacts or clients that we've done in the past that you should call up on the phone and ask them to give you a reference about the quality of what we've built. If they don't turn around and give the most stellar, glowing reference you can imagine, stop. Second thing is to get the cold references. Cold references are basically go onto their site or find out any contracts or clients that they have had in the past that isn't a part of the references that they have given you and ring them and find out how did it go, what was it about and so on. If they are also great references, that's a good sign. Um, one second. Number... Okay, second thing is get to know them. Get to know them over a couple of coffees. This is something that I really, really believe in. You must, and don't feel, don't feel that you can't constantly ask for meetings before you actually get into bed and sign a contract together. The more that you go for coffees, the more that you're going to build a relationship with that agency, the more that you're going to figure out whether you gel well and whether this is going to be a fruitful relationship or not. So grab as much coffees as you possibly can and get to know and understand them. Um, third thing is obviously review the work that they have done. In episode 19, we talked about how founders should have some sort of technical competency I think this kind of walks into its own here. If you don't feel that you have enough knowledge on the technical competency, go and grab 100 or 200 euros, find a developer that you feel is, is somebody that's good and ask them to validate some of the products that that agency have built. That one or 200 euros is exactly the same as when you're buying a secondhand car and you ask your very trusted mechanic to go down and just double check that car and you chuck them 20, 40 euros, whatever, grab a couple of beers and thanks a million. That ensures that the actual car is of sound mind and whatever and it's just so worth it. Okay, so that is the three questions. We got two questions, woo! What are the questions, Danielle? Okay, this one's from Des Dolan on Twitter. He said, how do agencies typically provide support post-product handover, uh, question mark, fixing bugs or updates if required, etc." Des, phenomenal question. So, the best way, I, I'm going to describe what we do in Minicorp and why we do this. Once we have delivered the product, we essentially move into a retainer agreement with the client. The retainer agreement comes in blocks of 10 for a, for a static price. And that means that we are on call or available to those clients between working hours to fix any bugs or to, you know, side us down, I need to have this fixed or I need to whatever. It, it is basically a, a, 
999 call, I would say. It is not for the version 1.1 development, and it is not for the version 2 development, but it is just to ensure that you have an agency or the, the technical power on hand to put out any fires that you may have. Second thing is, at the end of a project, we have what is called a UAT period, a user acceptance testing period. This is set between the client and the agency almost at the beginning and say, at the end of this project, once we've delivered it to you on time, it is time for you to test it. I'm gonna give you two weeks or whatever is agreed as that period to test the product. The client must go through end-to-end -end testing and go, okay, I have validated every piece of work that you have done and I'm agreeing to sign off. Um, if there is bugs during that period or the client is not happy with some small issues or some small features, they must be checked against the functional spec to ensure that they are in scope of that project. And if they are within scope of the project, they must be fixed by the agency before that project is closed and terminated. Anything that is out of scope or what invariably seems to happen with us is because because it's moving so quickly, we believe in consistently and, and always releasing new features all of the time. We'll move into a V1.1 or a V1.2 very, very quickly. And anything that is out of scope will go into that bucket and we'll begin working on it very, very soon. Question number two. Uh, this one was from Patrick and it was... Patrick! Medium announced they were abandoning their ad-based revenue model yesterday. Thoughts on the future of ad support content? I read that as well this morning, Patrick. Basically, Ed Williams has come out and he has cut one-third of his staff and has basically said that the ad-based system within Medium is broken or within the internet is broken and he wants to rethink it, so he's basically pivoting slash realigning his resources to figure out how he's going to take on that challenge and problem. How do I think he's going to fix it? I honestly believe that advertising has moved significantly in a personal approach. It is no longer about reading or seeing advertisements. It's about the person that is telling you or showing you the product. Influencers in Instagram or influencers in general have increased in power astronomically in the advertising market. As in, some of the people that I watch on YouTube, and I watch YouTube a hell of a lot more than I would watch any other static TV or, or anything like that, I watch what clothes they're wearing, I watch what runners they're wearing, and that influences my buying decision. As those people become more obtainable and you can watch them on Instagram and on Snapchat and get to know them a little bit better, daily vlogging is taking off like wildfire right now. Um, the more influence that I'm going to get from that person, if I feel that that person is starting to steer away from why I started to follow them, the chances of me taking a buying decision based on who they are and feeling that they are now selling out because of the advertising and the money that they are raising is going to be higher. So I think that is going to become an influencer style social marketing advertising approach. I need to think about it more though. It only came out today. Any other questions?
Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching the Minicorp Q&A episode number 20. I hope you loved it. Also, don't forget to enter the giveaway. I want to give you things and I want to see awesome people create awesome products. Thanks a million for watching. Bye.